Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We talked about pain. We said that pain is inevitable, that pain is impartial, that pain pushes us, that pain strengthens us, that pain positions us and prepares us, that in reality, our greatness is determined by how much pain we can endure. And then last week, I introduced you to a family that without a doubt, they have endured some unbelievable pain. Uh, those of you were, that were here or were able to go back and watch online, you know that this family has withstood some shots that I'm not sure I could withstand, but they've withstood those shots. And what I would say to you this morning is that I think that not only have they withstood those shots, but they have been tested and they have been tried and they've come out like gold. God is using them and done some great things and will continue to do great things. Well, this morning, I want us to go to another Rocky Revelation because I think I figured something out. As I begin to watch all these movies again and, and watch through them, I think, now I may be wrong, so, you know, Grace on the pastor if he's wrong, but, but uh, I think after watching all them, I decided or discovered something. In every movie, in every fight, Rocky got knocked down at least once, I think. I, I, I tried to go back over my mind about the different fights, and I think he got knocked down at least one time in every fight, and in some fights, several times. But as I began to watch them, I suddenly realized that in all of the movies, Rocky only got knocked out once. Anybody remember which movie that was? Three. Remember, uh, Mr. T was Clubber Lang, and he knocked him out. Y'all remember that? But out of all these unbelievable fights, Rocky only gets knocked out once. I don't know how he did it other than the fact that it was a movie, and it it's not really real. But, but he would have this innate ability and uncanny ability to scrape himself off the mat and get up and come back for more and take more and more and more. And he was always able to get up. Well, last two weeks ago, I read to you out of Job chapter 1, and I'm not going to take time to read it again. Uh, I just want to summarize for you where we start off because, see, I believe something. I believe that champions are not those people that never get knocked down. I believe champions are the people that get knocked down but get back up. And that is the story of Job. I read to you out of Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, and Job chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, uh, about the knockdown punches that he took. I just want to remind you as a summary about what happened to him. He took some heavy blows. He lost 7,000 sheep in one day. He also lost 3,000 camels, 500 donkeys. He lost all of his servants, and he lost all 10 of his children, and then he lost all of his health. And most of us would look at all that, and we would say that if we took that many hits in a row, that even one of those hits is enough to keep us down for good. But Job somehow had this ability, even after enduring all of that, he had this uncanny ability to get back up. Job was a champion. See, some truth here this morning. I want you to write this down. Here, here's the Rocky Revelation. You will get knocked down. 
Now, please understand me. I understand that that's simply another way of saying that pain is inevitable. I understand that. But we all suffer knockdown punches. All of us in our life at some moment are going to endure a blow at some point in our journey. In some point in our life, there's going to come a knockdown punch that's going to buckle our knees and put us on the floor. And we just need to know that going on. Every, even the strongest fighters get knocked down. Even heroes falter. I was thinking back through the scripture and I remembered David and Samson and Jonah and Elijah and Peter. They were all, they're all heroes to us. But the truth is this morning is that they all struggled at times and they all had issues at times and they all had moments of weaknesses at times and they still, they got knocked down but they had this ability to get back up. We all have knocked down punches. Chuck Swindoll wrote one time, he wrote this, I think he hit it right on the, Head when he said this, he said, somebody needs to address the other side of Christian life. If for no other reason than to uphold reality, we need to be told that difficulty and pressure are par for the course. No amount of biblical input, deeper life conferences, or super victory seminars will exempt you from struggle. God promises no bubble of protection. The reality of the Christian journey is ups and downs. The reality of your Christian walk is high points and low points, mountains and valleys, good days and bad days. You will get knocked down. And then I would say to you that knockdowns are necessary. In Romans Paul says this in chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. I know you know it this way. I want to read it to you like you know it. It says this, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. But let me read it to you out of the Message Bible. I think it makes it clear. It says, we continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed in with troubles because we know how troubles can develop passionate patience in us and how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue, keeping us alert for whatever God will do next. Knockdowns are necessary. I just want to say to some of you this morning, I want to help you. You've got to know something. All the hard things that you're going through right now, the bad times that you've been dealt, the, the painful moments of your life, the, the issues, the circumstances, the things that you cry yourself to sleep over, the things that nobody else knows about. Can I just reassure you this morning that God is not trying to kill you, but he is trying to crush you. God doesn't want to destroy us. The Bible very clearly tells us that his plans are for good for us, that he wants to prosper us. But he also understands that in order for us to be people of destiny, in order for us to be people with a, a, a plan and with perseverance and endurance and to be everything that we're supposed to be in our relationship with him, that he has to put his thumb on us occasionally and crush us and get the impurities out of our life. Don't you know that the jeweler to get the impurities out of the gold turns up the heat? we got to know something this morning. God is not trying to crush or kill us. He's only trying to crush us. I can still remember this scene in Rocky Three, where Rocky's been knocked out by uh, Clubber Lang, and he, he trains, and he gets ready, and he comes back in the second fight. Do you remember what happens? He goes in, and Clubber Lang just rears back, and he knocks Rocky down, and Rocky gets up, and he knocks him down again, and he gets up, and finally, about the third or fourth round, something happens. Do you remember what happens? Rocky starts doing this. Clubber Lang rears back and hits him. Boom, as hard as you can. And Rocky's standing there going, you ain't so bad. Is that all you got? I'm still standing. You ain't so bad. Y'all remember that scene? You ain't. Come on, is that all you got? 
I'm telling you this morning that what we need to do is we need to come to the place in our life where we understand that we're tougher than we think we are. And we need to come to this place in our life where we recognize that knockdowns are an essential part of our life. But we're tougher than we think we are. And God's not trying to kill me. He's trying to help me to crush me so that I will become more like him. And we got to get up and say, come on, you ain't so bad. You bring it on. I understand that if you will try me, I will become like gold. So knockdowns are an essential part of life. Now, here's the, here's the problem. And the second lesson that I see is because what happens is, as Christians, we confuse the punches. We get confused and think that the knockdown punch is in reality a knockout punch. Hear me this morning. There are some things that have knocked some of you down. I don't want to diminish your pain this morning. Some of you have been through unbelievable tragedy and circumstances. And I told you the first week that we all have different pain thresholds. And I understand that. But I am saying to you that we cannot make the mistake of confusing a knockdown punch for a knockout punch. You are tougher than you think you are. And I just came by to tell some of you to get back up, to not throw in the towel. Don't quit. Don't give up. Get back in the fight. You can make it. It was a knockdown punch. It wasn't a knockout punch. And some of you have endured hardship and hurt and you cry yourself to sleep and you think it's over. But I want to remind you out of Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16. It says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. That's what makes him a champion. But the wicked are brought down by calamity out of the message Bible. God loyal people don't stay down long. Let that get in your spirit this morning. God loyal people don't have to stay down. Encountered death, encountered sickness, encountered tragedy. God loyal people don't stay down long. Yes, you were knocked down, but it's time to get back up. Quit wallowing in the pain. Quit checking it out and saying, I, I'm done. I'm out of this. It's, it wasn't supposed to be a life-ending hit. It wasn't a ministry-ending hit. It wasn't a joy-killing hit. It wasn't supposed to be a walk-stopping hit. It was just a knock-down punch, and we confused the punches. Max Lucado may have said it best. He said this. He says, those who can remain like the boxer are a rare breed. I don't necessarily mean just win. I mean remain. Hang in there. Finish. Stick to it until it's done. But unfortunately, very few of us do that. Our human tendency is to quit too soon. Our human tendency is to stop before we cross the finish line. We have got to finish. We quit too soon. We underestimate our own ability to take a hit. And so we want to curl up. When we taste our own blood, when we've been hurt, when we've been knocked down, we forget that we're supposed to bounce back. Listen to me this morning. I am declaring to some of you, you need to bounce back. You've been down long enough. You've wallowed in the pain and the misery long enough. It's time to get back up and get back in the fight. So my question this morning is this. If knockdowns are inevitable, and they are, and if they're necessary, and they are, and we often confuse a knockout, a knockdown punch for a knockout punch, how do we keep a knockdown punch from becoming a knockout punch? What do we have to do? Three things, very quickly, practical, I think. The first thing you've got to do to keep a knockdown punch from becoming a knockout punch is this. You've got to guard your ears. You've got to guard your ears. Others will try to keep you from getting back up. I know you think everybody's nice, but let me just tell you this morning. Let me bust your bubble just for a moment. There are people around you, and some of you have people in your lives right now that will try to keep you from getting back up. 
I played the clip from, for, for you where Rocky's on the mat, and he's been knocked down, and his own coach, his own trainer's yelling, stay down, don't get back up, stay down. Some of you have people in your life that are shouting in your ears, stay down. You've endured too much. Job experienced that. Oh, I know I read to you the knockdown part, Job chapter 1 and 2, but what you ought to do in your, your free time this week, if you have any, is get past the knockdown part. Go on to chapter 3 and begin to read the next 22 chapters because at the end of chapter 3, what happens is Job's wife shows up and three friends come to comfort him. Job's wife comforts him like this. She says, curse God and die. Just go ahead, Job. It's so bad. You ought to just curse God and die. It's so bad and it'll never get any better. Just quit. Trying to keep him down. His three friends that are going to come for him spend 22 chapters trying to convince him that he sinned against God, that there's no way out. He ought to throw in the towel and give up. Good friends, huh? Got any friends like that? His friends, uh, they had some weird names. Eliphaz, the t uh, Timonite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite. They come to comfort Job. Let me give you some perspective about how they comforted him. For instance, Zophar means chirping. Any of you got some folks that chirp in your life that are always just saying little things just to get under your skin, that are just trying to d discourage you and keep you from excelling, just chirping away? How about Bildad means son of contention, always see the negative side, always wanting to argue, always wanting to put you down, that we allow people into our lives. The only way you can keep from being knocked out from a knockdown punch is you've got to guard your ear and make sure that you aren't listening to the wrong voices. There's three reasons that people try to keep you down. Number one, some people try to keep you down because they love you. Now, they're misguided and they're mistaken, don't get me wrong. But they love you and they've seen the tragedy that you've endured. They've seen the pain that you've gone through. And so they go, you know what? You have been hurt so badly. We don't want to see you hurt anymore. Just stay down. Please. I love you too much to see you go through anything. Just stay down. The second reason somebody might keep you down is because they're selfish. Because there are people out there that want you to stay down. Because if you'll stay down, they can get to where you were. I know y'all don't know anybody like that. But I've known some folks like that. And then the third thing that happens is a lot of times people try to keep us down out of misery. Because you do know that misery loves company. And you know, you do understand that if you'll stay down, it makes them better, feel better about their downness. You ever met anybody like that? Man, I'm down, I'm in the mully grubs, I've been dealt a bad hand and I'm moaning and complaining. And somebody comes along and they try to make it worse because they're moaning and complaining. And if I get up, it reveals that they should have gotten up too. And the Bible very clearly and specifically teaches us in, he, in, in Proverbs chapter 18 that, the, uh, that there is the power of life and death in the tongue. And so what I'm saying to you is if you don't want to allow what was just supposed to be a knockdown punch to become a knockout punch, you have got to guard your ears. And so I want to ask you some questions this morning. Who's trying to keep you down? Who's trying to talk you out of victory? Who's trying to convince you not to get back up? You've got to guard your ears. The second thing that causes a knockdown punch to become a knockout punch is uh, the, the way that we can keep that from happening is, is that we've got to guard the head. 
I, I did a little bit of research, and I tried to find out what causes a knockout, and I discovered some things. Uh, experts say a knockout occurs when the blood flow is cut off from our head. One expert said it like this. He said, something inside your head disconnects and causes you to go temporarily unconscious. When a punch is landed to the head, the circulation to the brain is compressed. In other words, a knockdown punch becomes a knockout punch when we get disconnected from the head. Do I even need to preach this part? Yeah, I think I do. Just for a second, because that'll preach. What happens to most of us, I've noticed something peculiar in the body. What happens is we get dealt a bad hand. We have a bad day. We have a bad week. And what we want to do is we want to curl up in the fetal position, turn off the lights, run to the bedroom, pull the covers over our head, and run away from God rather than to God. And the only way you can keep that knockdown punch from becoming a knockout punch is to stay as close and connected to the head as you possibly can. In other words, what that means is whatever activities or disciplines or methods by which you get close to God, when you're in pain and when you're hurt, you shouldn't do less of those things. You should do more of those things. So how do we get close to God? We pray. Well, I don't feel like praying. You don't know the pain I'm in. Man, when I'm in pain, it's hard to pray. Anybody ever felt like that? Man, when I'm hurting, it's hard to pray. But I know this, if I can stay connected to the head, I don't get knocked out. So when I'm hurting, I should pray more. When I'm hurting, I should worship more. When I'm hurting, I shouldn't dare miss a service because that's where I know I'm going to be surrounded by people that are going to encourage me and I'm going to get connected to the head and I'm going to be able to make it. Why is it that when Christian people get hurt, we stay away? Can I tell you this morning that you will never get up from a knockdown punch if you're isolated. Well, that went over well. It's the truth. How many of us have been hurt and we sit at home and think, oh, they, don't, they just don't know the trouble I've seen? You remember that theme song, gloom and despair and agony on me? And I don't want to be around anybody else. Man, you need to be around somebody. You need to be around people that would encourage you. So we've got to stay connected to the head so that we don't allow this knockdown punch to become a knockout punch. And then finally, this is interrelated. We've got to guard the position of our hands. How many of you have been watching a boxing match or a mixed martial arts match and you hear somebody from the corner yell, keep your hands up, don't drop your hands. Y'all ever heard that? You know why? Because if you drop your hands, it exposes your head, right? So they're encouraging them, keep your hands up. I want to say to you this morning that part of the the way and the remedy for, for not allowing a knockdown punch to become a knockout punch is we've got to guard the position of our hands. We've got to keep our hands up. There's a direct correlation and relationship between the position of our hands and how well we can protect our connection to the head. Last week, John read to you a portion of Scripture, which I love, out of Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Remember this one? Listen carefully. He said this, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. How many of you like that verse of Scripture? I like that verse of Scripture, right? He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The only thing is, is that we forget to go back and read verse 16, and they're interrelated and connected because in verse 16, we have responsibility because it says this, Do not fear, O Zion. Don't let your hands hang limp. God's ability 
to be mighty to save us is directly related to our ability to not allow our hands to go down. In other words, what I'm saying to you folks is that right in the deepest, darkest, most rugged element of your life, the place that you're experiencing more tragedy and pain, that is the moment where we need to get our hands up and get them in the right position, which is to praise God because He's worthy. Whether everything is going our way or not, He's still worthy. And at the moment that we get our hands up, we protect our head. Does that sound familiar? Sounds like the Old Testament to me where Moses is standing on a hillside with his hands raised and as long as his hands are up, the Israelites are gaining victory. But the moment his hands drop down, they begin to be defeated until two men, Aaron and Hur, come and stand up under his arms and help him raise his hands. And when they go back up, victory is won again. I am saying to you this morning that some of you need to go back to praising again and guard the position of your hands because if you would get your hands up, the moment your hands go up, God is mighty to save and he will come to your rescue kind of reminds me of Paul and Silas in jail. They've been beaten. They've been battered. That is not a good day. It is not a good day to wake up and find yourself chained to a wall when you've got wounds all over your back and your head and your legs and it's uncomfortable. But the Bible says that right in that midnight hour, they begin to check the position of their hands. They couldn't raise their hands. They were chained. But in their heart, they raised their hands. They begin to worship. And God rescued them. Hear me this morning carefully. A knockdown becomes a knockout when we don't cover, cover up our ears from discouragement. Some of you got way too many folks in your life that are trying to keep you down. And you need to surround yourself with people who will encourage you when you're down. We allow a knockdown to become a knockout when we don't guard the, our head. We've got to stay connected, connected to the head. I want to tell you this morning, you can't. Your vertical relationship also has implications for your horizontal relationships. And none of them work correctly if we don't stay connected to him. And finally, a knockdown becomes a knockout when we don't check the positions of our hands because our praise has implications for God. Yes, our praises impact God. I love this verse of scripture in Exodus chapter 15 verse 11. Listen, it says, God is fearful in praises. I love that. You know what that means? That means when you worship God, God gets scary. That means when you begin to worship God, God scares off all your enemies and he scares off anybody that would raise up anything against him. God is mean, scary in praise. So it has implications for God. But our praise also has implications for us. How do we get into God's presence? Anybody know? Through praise. The Bible says very clearly that we enter his courts with thanksgiving, we enter his courts with praise. That's how we get to God, right? So it impacts God, but it has implications for us too because in Psalms chapter 16, verse 11, it says, in his presence, we get there by praise and worship, in his presence is what? Fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore. So our hands, the position of our hands determines whether we can get back up. So I just came to say to some of you this morning, get back up. Get back up. Get back in the fight. Let me read one verse of Scripture, then I'm going to be done. I want, I, I want you to hear this because I think it's encouraging. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God doesn't, didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? 
And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would even dare to point a finger? The one who died for us, who has raised, was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. Jesus is fighting for you this morning. He's our corner man. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Listen very carefully. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homeless, homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Not your broken heart, not your broken life, not your tough marriage, not a difficult job, not a difficult co-worker. Nothing can separate you from God. Nothing. And then I love this. It says they kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. Listen to this carefully. But none of this phases us. What's phased you this week? What has rattled you this week? Paul's saying none of this should phase us because Christ loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. To end this morning, can I read you a great theologian's statement that I think is so appropriate for this message. I, I don't normally read great theologian you know, quotes from them all the time in my message, but I'm going to read one this morning, okay? His name is Rocky. Rocky says this, and he was true. it's true. It ain't about how hard you get hit. Some of you have been hit hard. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. About how much you can take and keep moving forward. I love this statement. Get this in your spirit this morning. That's how winning is done. I just came by to encourage some of you this morning. It's not about how hard you've been hit. Yes, you've been hit hard. It's about whether or not you're willing to get back up. It's, not, it's about whether you're willing to scrape yourself off and say, you know what, I'm stronger than that and I'm tougher than that. And Christ working through me enables me not to be phased by any of that stuff. Because can I tell you this morning, I want to make a statement to you that I've made to young people for years that I've, I've recently discovered that adults need to hear just as much as young people. So hear me carefully and then I'm done. All the bad things that happen to you, the tragedy, the heartbrokenness, the abandonment, I don't know, whatever, whatever your situation is, the tough job. Can I tell you something this morning? That's what happened to you. That's not who you are. We do not allow what happens to us to define who we are. Who are we? We are Christ's chosen. And none of this phases us. And so we've got to come to this place in our spiritual walk where we quit allowing a knockdown punch to become a knockout punch because we think what happened to us is who we are. That should not define us. We should get back up off the mat and fight. I want you to stand with me this morning. I just want to pray a prayer of encouragement over you this morning because I honestly believe that there are some folks in the room who need somebody to encourage them.
there are some folks in the room this morning that have experienced knockdown punches. Some of you have been hit really hard. I know some of your stories. I don't know them all. Some of you are in unbelievable circumstances. And you've got voices in your life shouting, stay down. Friends, family, spouse, loved ones saying, stay down. You can't take anymore. I got news for you. I came by this morning to shout something else into your spirit. I want you to hear me. I want to shout this into your spirit this morning. Get up. Get up and get back in the fight. Dust yourself off. Get back in the ring. Get back into the ministry. Get back into your walk. Get back into praise. Get back into worship. Get back into His Word. Get back into prayer. Get back into connection with the head. You can make it. You can make it. You're stronger than that. Father, I pray over every individual here this morning. If we had time to go around the room and take the microphone, some of these folks standing right here right now could share stories that would cause us to cry, cause us to be brokenhearted for them because they've endured hardship and pain. But Father, this morning I pray that you would encourage them and strengthen them and allow them to understand that it was just a knockdown. That we cannot be knocked out unless we allow ourselves to be knocked out. And we have a promise from you in your word. It says those that endure to the end shall be saved. That You are calling us to endure till the end. To straighten up and dust ourselves off and get back in the fight. Father, for anyone under the sound of my voice this morning that feels like quitting, that feels like giving up, that feels like throwing in the towel and walking away, calling it quits. I pray that you'd teach them how winning is done this morning. Teach us that what separates champions from everybody else is that champions get up. I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you're here this morning and you would say, Steve, I've had a bad day. I had a bad week, I've had a bad month, I've had a bad year, I've had a bad decade, I've had a bad life, I don't know where you fall. But you would say, Steve, I'm struggling and I'm hurt and I'm in pain and I've suffered a knockdown blow and I'm afraid that if I'm not careful, that knockdown is going to become a knockout and I need encouragement this morning. I'm struggling this morning, I'm hurt this morning. If that's you with nobody looking around, would you just slide a hand up and then pull it right back down? so that I can pray with you this morning. I promise I won't embarrass you. Anybody that's struggling right now, struggling right now, not sure you can make it another day. Yes, there's one. Anybody else? Brave enough to say, yeah, I've been hit hard and I need, I need encouragement this morning. Okay, I know how to pray. Right now, reach out and take your neighbor. Some of you probably need to wrap your arm around your neighbor, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you just need to lay hands, but nobody without somebody touching them right now. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do something together that I believe God will use. Father, I pray for the people standing next to me right now. There, are, there was at least one that raised their hand and others that probably should have. Father, we've suffered tragedies in our life, and we're heartbroken. We've been close to quitting and throwing in the towel and giving up. I pray that you would reconnect us this morning. 
to you. I pray that you would help us to understand that you're not trying to kill us. It was painful, but you weren't trying to kill us. You're simply trying to crush us and work out the impurities in our life. And so, Father, I pray encouragement right now. I pray for strength right now. I pray for endurance right now. I pray for comfort right now. I pray that they would get up right now. They would get back in the fight right now. They would live to fight another day. They would get back in the ring and go back to war. I come against every voice that would yell, stay down. I come against every voice that would try to get them to throw in the towel. I come against that in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that instead you would put encouraging voices in our lives that would shout, get up. We would get up and get back in the fight. In Jesus' name. This it's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.